Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. So today, I want to dive into another belief or story that we tell ourselves that I'm sure many of you might find familiar. It's the story that you're just bad at money. Have you guys ever said this to yourself? I know I definitely have. Even if this particular story you haven't told yourself, you might relate to a few very similar limiting beliefs, like I'm bad at math or I'm bad at test taking. The test taking one hits close to home for me. I know that. These beliefs come from somewhere though, and they're often subconscious or suppressed. I think these particular stories that we picked up during childhood are the basis or precursors for the belief that we have that we're either good or bad with money. So of course, I dug into this a little bit more and I stumbled on an article written by a teacher about math trauma. Yes, this exists and it is fascinating. Imagine for a second that you're a kid back in school and you're trying to learn algebra for the first time. It's super confusing because you've never done it before and you're getting stuck. Other kids just seem to be getting it right away and you're just not. I know that in, for, in that situation for me, I'm getting totally overwhelmed. I'm feeling stupid and feeling tons of shame that this isn't coming naturally to me. So there must be something wrong with me, right? The article explains that math trauma manifests as anxiety or dread and a debilitating fear of being wrong. The fear limits access to life paths for many people, including school and career choices. There are many reasons people may develop negative associations with math. The way students are positioned as good at math, and I'm using air quotes here, is often based on non-mathematical characteristics, such as gender, race, language, or socioeconomic status. And this directly relates to the I'm bad at test taking story, since we're being evaluated on accuracy of a subject matter, such as math, which may be new or overwhelming to us, and speed at which we complete all the required questions. It can also produce massive amounts of fear, which then shut down our memory and processing skills, making it impossible to excel at that very moment. And it works in the reverse too. Say for instance, you're doing okay at math, feeling pretty confident, and you did okay on the test. You could then develop this fear that you don't know something just because you've been able to follow along and master it up to this point doesn't mean you can keep it up as it starts to get harder, right? And then you could shy away from more challenging work because you're afraid of not being perfect all the time. That's, that's definitely a story I can resonate with. When you look at it this way, it all makes sense why we would want to avoid money in the first place or why we're intimidated 
or don't have any interest in learning more about it. By nature, money is numbers and math. It can be complicated. And sometimes we need to make financial decisions in stressful situations, and we can worry if we're right or wrong, much like a test. Notice all the parallels here? This is why these beliefs are all so damaging. I don't want to see my kids hiding from a subject or career path because they formed this internal limiting belief at a very young age that they didn't have a natural ability to do something, or they just don't have what it takes to be a doctor or a rocket scientist, whatever it is. So let's dive into this bad at money story even further for a little bit. I spent some time Googling, Googling what actually makes someone bad at money. And some of the more common answers I got were financial illiteracy, poor money management, and lack of self-discipline or willpower. Financial illiteracy, this one makes sense to me, which is why I emphasize it so much. I'll, I'll get more into this in a little bit, in a few minutes. Poor money management. Um, this is really the effects of financial illiteracy. Wrapped up in this are overspending, carrying too much credit card debt, not having an emergency fund, living paycheck to paycheck, all things that I think people feel incredible amounts of shame about and use this to form their identity around money. And I'm also going to get into this more in in a few minutes. But lack of self-discipline, I know what's meant here that for those who know what to do, they might have a hard time following through with plans and sticking to their goals, if they even have goals. But I just can't wrap my head around this. I hate the word willpower because I don't think it's a real thing. You can't expect somebody to just wish for changes to happen. They won't happen unless there's real intrinsic motivation behind the behavior. Willpower is defined as discipline or self-restraint. And if we're restraining ourselves from anything, it's going to come back and bite us. We all know that this from any time we've tried to stop eating so much sugar or cut back on carbs. We stick to it only for so long before we end up eating tons of ice cream and bread because we've told our bodies it couldn't and shouldn't have it. So naturally, physically and emotionally, we crave it. Similarly, as humans, we're just wired to make the opposite, and I, and I mean, I'm going to say this in air quotes here, the opposite of good decisions with our money. It's inherent in our neurobiology. We're not wired to save for the future. That's a very new concept for our evolution. For the vast majority of human history, we lived in hunter-gatherer societies where resources were plentiful and all you could take with you is what you could carry. And we're not really hardwired to collect more than we need for the next day or week. So this concept of delaying gratification and saving for the long, very distant future is just not something we're naturally meant to do. So all the cards are stacked against us, right? But even knowing all of this, our beliefs are still pretty powerful. And they don't just go away with the flip of a switch. So so what can we do to start to shift this story, even just a little bit? And here's a few thoughts that I have. First of all, 
we've got to acknowledge that this is just a story we're telling ourselves. I'm bad at, you name it, anything, is a limiting thought. Once we make a determination like this about ourselves, we want to stay as far away from whatever activity it is as possible because we don't want to fail. Or even worse, we don't want to feel the shame of having someone else see us fail. The thing about money is it is so personal. The choice of how and when to use it will never be the same from person to person. And even within the same person, it's ever-changing, right? This is completely unrelated to any inherent quality of being good or bad at money. When we say that we're bad at money, we're using this just sweeping designation that can work against our own best interests. And here's where we start to become our own worst enemy, right? When we label ourselves and we put ourselves into certain categories, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Going back to what I just said about poor money management, once we tell ourselves, I'm a spender, or I always live paycheck to paycheck, that's just what I do, we're labeling ourselves as flawed. But that's not who we are. Being a spender is not an inherent trait. It's not part of our personality or our character. It's a behavior and one that is temporary and changeable. But again, these stories can be so debilitating that they stop us from actually taking positive steps that would benefit us, right? And this leads into my next thought here. We got to change the self-talk. First things first, we have to challenge those thoughts when they come up because they're going to, they're going to come up no matter what we do, right? Remember, willpower isn't a thing. We can't just tell our brain to stop thinking something, but we can use tools to manage those thoughts better when they come up. So here I want you to ask yourself some questions. Like, what does bad and good even mean when it comes to money? Like, where does this come from for you, right? Does this go back to how you were raised? I, I think these just basic philosophical questions around good and bad, specifically related to money, are really important to, to know about yourself. And I encourage you to journal on this for a little bit, right? And secondly, we've got to flip the script, right? Um, you can reframe mistakes easily, right? As opportunities to learn more about yourself. For those who are terrified of making mistakes, like myself, reframing is absolutely critical when learning something new. Mistakes, this is a hard thing for me to learn, right? But mistakes are an inevitable part of learning. And nobody is born just knowing everything about everything, right? And this is really the definition of growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Lastly, you know, I think it's important to take active steps to be quote unquote better at money. Notice I'm not saying less, or I'm not saying less bad, or I'm not saying good here. Those are very black and white terms that I want to encourage you to steer away from using if possible. Okay. So knowledge is key. Financial literacy and education is like the most important thing. 
read some books, articles. There's tons of blogs out there. There's tons of, of resources. I emphasize this so much because it's so important. Ask tons of questions and don't feel shame doing it. Even if you think it's a stupid question. This is all really complicated stuff and we're not all born just knowing what to do. This is so much more of an art than a science. Um, set goals for yourself with intention. And I think this is important. So you guys, you know, so you can have a direction that you're going in and you can gain confidence from starting to see small incremental amounts of progress along the way. And intention is so important because if your goals are aligned with your values and who you are, then you're going to be more motivated to work towards them. And finally, building the awareness of what's going on and tracking where you're at is going to be really, really helpful. I mentioned this last week, but again, this is where understanding what's coming in and what's going out is so empowering. You can begin to see trends when you do this and work towards establishing you know, a budgeting method that works for you and, and is going to help you get closer to your goals. Last episode, I talked about nurturing and it continues to apply here. I think in order to be better, and again, I'm using air quotes here, better at money, we need to put less emphasis on the particular outcomes and more on the process of learning and encouraging ourselves to keep going and working towards shifting the limiting beliefs. It doesn't happen overnight, but I truly believe that tiny incremental baby steps lead to massive, massive change. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked this episode, please, again, feel free to share with a friend and it would be absolutely amazing if you could write me a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how I can reach more people. Thank you so much, you guys. I'll talk to you next time.